You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels, the video game show that comes around every two weeks like the uh, predictable comet of Haley, but a little bit faster. Let's go with that. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja. Today I am joined by Garrett and Justin, Gar- Garrett Wainsrill and Justin Robert Young. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, How man. I'm doing? living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> are, uh, Justin, are you in your car? I am. Ah, that is some mobile, like, podcasting, like the mobile heartstoning that we're also going to be talking about in a little bit. Uh, Today is the day after the release of the Grand Tournament, the new Hearthstone expansion. We're going to be discussing that a little bit uh, later. But before we do, let's go over a few items of news I wanted to bring to your attention. As always in this show, we try to, you know, cover the news in general and get a little bit analytical on all of those things. Um, The first thing I would like to discuss is Metal Gear Solid 5. And uh, if anyone's a gamer, you know about Metal Gear Solid 5, meaning that, Justin, you've never heard about this game, right? I'm 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 aware of of uh, of Solid Snake and his his exploits. <laughs> so all right, let me ask you this: uh, Have you played the initial Metal Gear Solid One back on the PlayStation One when you were maybe you know in college, yeah. being crazy? No, that that would have been more my time. I, I I played a little bit of it. I never really got into it. Ashley, my fiance, actually was was very into uh, in, into all the Metal Gears and just like played back through them a couple years ago. So I was very much into the initial one. And then the second one I've discussed on this show a few times, so I'm not going to go back into it. But it, it really disappointed me because it broke the the realistic, quote unquote, uh, thread in the game and the serious feeling in it with all of its, you know, American presidents with metal tentacles and cyber ninjas and all of that. And I never really came back to it. But Metal Gear Solid V is coming out in, you know, just a few days. And it's getting raving reviews. It's getting uh, nines out of tens and 10 out of tens all around. I wasn't, I was a little bit sullied by um, the uh, Ground Zero's uh, small experience. I didn't really love it. But with this kind of reviews, it's kind of hard not to pay attention to it. Garrett, are you going to get a PlayStation 4 just to play Metal Gear Solid 5? Well, I already have one, so no. All right, so did you get it just to play Metal Gear Solid 5? Oh, Lord, no. I, uh, I have traditionally not been a fan of Metal Gear Solid. 
Um, you are going to get hate mail, sir. Oh, it's fine. I, I, I know because I get it all the time. If we're if we're on that uh, if we're on that track, can I also declare that I think Final Fantasy is horrendously overrated? Oh wow, you like to leave de- to live dangerously. <laughs> yeah, damn son, you just dropping bombs today. Yeah, yeah, I buy uh, I buy Playstations for for like every game other than the ones people like get tattooed on their body. Uh, what? So what what is it about Metal Gear that you're not a fan of? Um, apparently, what turned Patrick off of it? See, I was not aware there was a time in Metal Gear where it wasn't completely over the top silly and written by five year olds. That was basically Metal Gear Solid 1. Uh, everyone keeps telling me that the third one is really good too, and the fourth one so-so, but the fifth one is apparently, you know, the, the best thing since uh, sliced, uh, what's the expression? Sliced cheese, I'm going to say. bread, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah, now that I've got my, my trolley comments out of the way, I, I will say I am, uh, I am interested in this one. Um, if for no other reason than because I haven't given it the time of day for pretty much my entire life as a gamer, and it looks so darn pretty, and the reviews are so darn positive, uh, I think I can't help myself. I, I think I might have to pick it up. Yeah, th- definitely the same for me. I'm, I wasn't sure, but you know, it's a big open world game and it's getting such raving reviews. I don't think anyone who's a gamer can ignore it. So uh, we'll see. Oh, what's happening, Justin? Wait, what happened? Well, I don't know. You're making lots of weird noises. Are you okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, no I'm, I'm alive. I apologize. Okay. Well, as long as we keep hearing weird noises, we'll know you're alive. Um, yes. So, yeah. That, so, anyway, Metal Gear Solid Five looks, it looks, you know, very cool uh, open world game, very uh, highly rated. We'll see what happens. I think I just have, I'm going to have to pick it up, but uh, we'll see. Another piece of news I wanted to discuss is the report that a couple of YouTubers have been uh, basically... Um, so this is something that has been a, a delicate issue for a few m- months and years now. It's how YouTubers comply with the federal American federal guidelines uh, that apply to bloggers and journalists and basically that state that you can't really uh, con- uh, do uh, concealed advertising or co- advertising that is somehow not clearly labeled as uh, advertising. In this case, uh, it's a game company called Dead Realm that was uh, in part funded by uh, or created by uh, two YouTubers, Tom K- uh, Cassell, I guess his name is, and Adam Montoya. Uh, and they've been promoting the game, which is it it has a lot of elements that work super well for YouTubers. Basically, uh, players can... uh, It's a survival horror game where the players are going to be the main character or a a ghost in the environment. And um, so they've been playing the game on their channel and uh, they haven't been mentioning the fact that they are actually involved with the company. And this, to me, it's obviously a problem, but I think it, it shines a light on this issue of YouTubers. There are a lot of journalists that, that maybe don't disclose their uh, relationships clearly enough, but I think if you're worried about that, the YouTubers is where you should turn your attention because it's kind of a wild west there. Um, any of you guys have something to, to comment on this? Uh, yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead, Garrett. No, I I feel like it's just this type of thing. I mean, how do you really police it? Because anyone can go and start a YouTube channel. So I'm not I'm not sure what uh, what people are hoping the well, is. It's called the law, sir. 
the law states that you cannot uh, do advertising and not mention that it's advertising if you're receiving uh, monetary compensation if you're a journalist. I guess the question becomes, are those guys journalists? That, that's kind which, of the point. Which I think, yeah. Like I, I think that that there that those laws were probably were, were put in place at a point where there was a necessity on government to give you the power to do it. You know, the they the government federally regulates television channels and radio frequencies and that kind of stuff. It's interesting to see where we will really care about the spirit of those laws now that you know the bandwidth is infinite. You know, anybody can start a YouTube channel, as Garrett said. What really bother, bothers me there is that the spirit of the law is there to make sure that when you make a decision as a consumer, you are adequately informed as to, you know, the factors that contribute to you making that decision. Um, yeah. And whether or not these guys are, are labeled journalists, um, I think it's reasonable to say that you are being... Um, misinformed not misled i guess is the right word if the person is is playing and saying oh look at this game it looks uh, kind of fun and uh, i'm enjoying it or you know even if they're not expressive expressly saying i love this game um it's it's misleading you in thinking that they are actually enjoying the game more that th than they are um, when they're being paid to play it, even if they're not saying anything about, you know, how cool the game is. Surely, I think it's reasonable to expect that if they're being pay paid to play it, then they're not going to be saying it sucks, right? I, I don't think the uh, neutral elements of it go that far. So I would like to know when that person is being uh, compensated, but... And it doesn't really matter if they're labeled a journalist or not. The fact is that these YouTubers are very popular and they're influencing purchasing decisions, right? I, I, seem it, I think it's reasonable to put the, to set the line there. Well, but, but I mean, I guess we, we get into a kind of larger political conversation uh, when it's like, well, what's the best way to punish them? You know, is it a fine? Should they go to jail? Should we publicly shame them? Like, what, what is the, I mean, uh, understanding that that's probably not something that we like. We don't like being misled, but what is an appropriate punishment? I, I am a fan of public shaming. <laughs> I think the shame nun from, from Game of Thrones is in order. Ah, yeah. uh, that would be excellent. Um, well, and, and uh, jokes aside, I mean, I think that's kind of what's happening here. It's hard to police, and I'm not sure that there will be a perfect system for policing it because, uh, as, we've, uh, as we've said already, anyone can go start a YouTube channel with really no checks and balances surrounding. Um, so I, I feel like what we're seeing happen right now with, with, uh, with this particular YouTube channel is what we're going to probably see continue to happen. There's going to be every now and then someone's going to try to pull the wool over eyes. Someone's going to figure it out. And that that outlet will be outed. Um, yeah, I guess that's the thing. You you keep saying how do we police it, but we it's actually you know the FTC states that bloggers can do that, and anyone can go and start a blog. Now, whether or not you're gonna notice every single tiny little you know page on the internet, obviously not. But if the the blogger or the YouTuber becomes big enough, and actually I'm saying bloggers, the FTC uh, applies these laws to bloggers. I'm pretty sure they apply to YouTubers as well. 
although again the the journalistic status is in question there but it doesn't matter that you're not going to get in every single tiny little page if it's not a law and maybe that's my you know european everything must be regulated uh, bias coming in but if it's not if it's legal to just not say anything then obviously they're going to do it if you make it illegal then at least they are going to have to decide whether or not to respect uh, the law and i think that's an important you know difference to to have to make no yeah i guess i'm i don't know i'm um no i not Go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, Justin. Right. Justin? Uh, yeah, no, I I, I, I I, totally agree. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Check, check. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think, you know, the, the, the question is, how do you punish it? And, and, and how do you identify well, fines. it? Uh, I think I think it is an interesting question. So I, th- I think, yeah, fines, fines would be okay. And it doesn't have to be a million dollars, you know, for everything. It's just the, the, the principle of it is if you deceive, you know, if you break the law, there is some kind of a, of a punishment that should be applied. And obviously, we're not going to get everyone. Obviously, it's, it shouldn't end their career. But I think it's reasonable to expect that if uh, they're breaking the law, then they should, I don't know, pay a fine seems... Okay, it's not like they take away their their YouTube account, but uh, although for copyright that happens, which seems uh, backwards that you're going to be... Well, anyway, that's a different discussion. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is, um, you know, for all the, the discussions we've had about ethics uh, and game journalism in the past few months, I think there's a lack of focus on YouTubers that are a new breed of consumer informing uh, entities. And it's a little bit frustrating that uh, the the they are not being uh, subjected to the same rules and laws and when really it's very simple all you need to do is do a small disclaimer at the end of your video maybe you know this this uh video was sponsored by uh ubisoft or we are investors in this game and i'm sure that it would have been not equally successful, but at least there the exposure would have been um, would have been significant. So I think there's a little bit of growing up to do in that industry, and and it's too bad that the the the, the people uh, aren't willing, or sometimes aren't willing to do it. But uh, anyway, that that was the big surprise to me. Like I don't know why they didn't just put it out on Front Street because that's always been a better decision. For me, you know, like like reminding everybody about the contender available on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's uh, five days left, and uh, you are over your one hundred thousand uh, dollars. Uh, yeah, one hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty amazing. I played that uh, game. Did I tell you I played that game? You did. You did, and you were you were proof positive that you don't need to uh, to be intelligent to, to enjoy, enjoy it. it. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, let's move on to the discussion about the portable Steam machine. Uh, so Steam is a popular distribution platform that is uh, pretty much, uh, that has invaded our entire lives. And there's a Steam machine that is going to go uh, on pre-order.
order uh, on November 10 for 300 bucks, and um, it's going to be uh, released in 2016 sometime. It's a relatively modest, it's basically a portable PC. Uh, it's a modest CPU. Obviously, it's not going to be a, a running your giant Skyrim with 15 different mods and, you know, super demanding games. It's got four gigabytes of RAM, 32 gig- gigabytes of internal memory, um, 720p screen, five uh, inch touch. Is that something you would be interested in, Garrett? And you're going to say no, and then I'm going to change your mind. <laughs> Actually, I would say that I, I, it has piqued my interest. I will, Darn I will, it! Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to run out on uh, what looks like November 10th is going on sale. I'm not going to run out uh, on that date and drop 300 bucks. Um, but I'm definitely curious. A huge portion of that boils down to I, I haven't had a chance to try out the Steam controller, and it looks like that this, uh, this portable Steam machine is built around that same tech. So yeah. a lot of that's going to weigh on how successful I feel the Steam controller is because the, the piece of hardware looks mighty sexy. Yeah, it looks good. Um, I think the concern most people are going to have is how do you adapt the UI to such a small screen when it's usually the games are supposed to be played on a giant monitor or, you know, a 20 or over uh, monitor. Um, The thing is, not all the games are going to be available. This is called the Smack Zero, by the way. I don't know. It was initially called the Steam Boy, and obviously they had to change the name. It's not developed or produced or manufactured by Valve. It's a completely different company called Smack, and it's the Smack Zero. Anyway, it's going to play over a thousand games, but it's not going to be every single one. Um, The UI is an issue, but what basically turned me around when I was discussing this on the uh, the French language show I I host is the fact that my Steam um, library is already pretty full so let's say i already buy you know i buy the machine and i don't know 10 15 20 games are going to be available on this from day one and the games i get on my pc are going to be playable on this thing if, if obviously if it can run it that seems like a pretty good deal Right. It's not something you, you tend to experience all that often buying a, a traditional console unless there's backwards compatibility involved, which which lately has not been the case out the gate. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm I wasn't excited about this at all. And then I was like, oh, Steam games. I already have those. And uh, <laughs> I was a lot happy. of if, yeah. if this really boils down to can I play civilization on the go comfortably? And if the answer is yes, that's that's the maker. Uh, yeah, that that I'm not sure it will be possible, but um, I'm betting you're going to be able to play Hearthstone, that which you know well, obviously phones. Which I can so. do on my phone, which I already own. Oh, yes. That's yeah. Easy. Perfect. <laughs> um, oh, hello, Justin, friend. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I'm like I, I almost I almost made it in and out of my office without disrupting the podcast, and then I got caught at the very very end. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, the, the talking about games that are already available for your machine, um, there are a couple of uh, quick mentions I wanted to do about the Xbox Live games for September and PlayStation Plus games for September. Um, Xbox Live Gold is going to include Tomb Raider on Xbox One. And I'm telling you, if you haven't played that game, 
you definitely should. It's Uncharted on Xbox. It is awesome. I love it. It's also going to include uh, Crisis 3, which I'm not a super big fan of. Um, and uh, PlayStation Plus is going to include uh, Grow Home, which is this very intriguing little indie game, I believe by Ubisoft, where you have to grow trees to escape the gravity of a strange planet. Uh, everyone was talking about it very fondly when it first came out a few months ago, and it's available already and super time force ultra which is also super fun so uh whether you're Wait, can, Xbox can there be a, an indie game from ubisoft is that, that is, a, a, is that a uh <laughs> an oxymoron <laughs> It kind of is, uh, except it's an oxymoron that breaks the world because it's true. Uh, it's not, you know, super indie, but they have done a couple of things that are uh, pretty indie-spirited uh, in, in a real sense. You know, they had that uh, uh, World War One game. Um, oh, what's what? What was the name of that game? Uh, Bra Bra uh, Valiant Hearts, I think. Uh, and there's this Grow Home thing, which is. Seriously, an indie. I think, you know, a lot of companies are uh, realizing that if they only create AAA game until the end of the the, the times, um, it's not a sound strategy because AAA games are so expensive to develop, and so uh, th you know you're basically betting your company every time on that one game, and that's why Ubisoft has to release a new Assassin's Creed every single year. Or the company is is not going to be doing well. Um, so I think it's even you know we see EA even um, with the uh, Yarny guy. What's the name of that game? Uh, I'm forgetting all the names. Um, so <laughs> That's the name I remember for it as well. So I can't. Help. Yeah, y Yarny guy. What's the name? I can't remember the name. I believe is, is how it goes. But I mean, so so we're talking more indie as a genre, right? Like just like a style of game, and not necessarily indie as in this was made by three people in a basement and they had no money and, and they had to eat ramen for six well, months. Well, <laughs> so I guess they're, I don't know exactly how it's being developed, but I'm sure it's not uh, three people with no money because it's EA. And by the way, uh, Yarni, the guy that has, uh, that I can't remember the name of the game of, is Unravel. It's Unravel, the, name, the, the game. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think they also uh, go about it with... Uh, indie quote-unquote methods meaning a smaller team that has a little bit more creative freedom and um, it's not as extreme as the guys that do actual indie games but I think it it is so it's cool because you see indie games coming out of those uh, bigger studios but at the same time we have to realize that I don't think it's just for you know the joy of creating an indie game I think they're, no. they're really looking at this as we need to diversify our offering and we can't just solely focus on AAA games and never do anything else. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, Grow Home is going to be available on PlayStation Plus and Tomb Raider is the one I, I definitely noticed on Xbox Live. I think I'm going to get it. I already played the game when it was available on PlayStation Plus for PS3, uh, but I might download it and get excited for the next Tomb Raider coming out in November exclusively on Xbox One, which is basically the reason I got my Xbox One to begin with. It's um, exclusively with a time window, I mean. Time window, you're right, you're right. It's going to be released in on PC sometime next year and after a year on PlayStation as well. But I love that game. I want to play it as quickly as I can. So I'm right there with you. Um, so you have an Xbox One as well? 
I have a PS4 and Xbox One, yes. Oh, I didn't realize you were such a console gamer. You talk about uh, PC games all the time, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this console uh, console gaming is a uh, it's a very bloated uh, field to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's focus on mobile games because that's not bloated, right? Um, we're going to be talking about well, one mobile game which is also on PC, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it came on consoles as well at some point, and that's Hearthstone. And yeah. Um, there you go, Justin is waking up. Um, Finally. Let's go. Charging so, up. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about Hearthstone. Um, we're going to get to the expansion and all of the minutia of, of, of the experiences and all of the fun that we've had playing the game that, you know, the expansion that came out um, in, in last, uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get into a discussion that is maybe a little bit more accessible for people who haven't played Hearthstone yet and uh, who might be intrigued or maybe even a little bit annoyed or who have friends who aren't gamers at all uh, that are looking at this thing and, and wondering what it is or maybe considering trying it out. And for that, I'm uh, going to turn uh, to the recently awoken Justin Robert Young um, <laughs> <laughs> because you're not a gamer and you got into Hearthstone uh, pretty seriously uh, is my understanding. Uh, what happened? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, play video games uh for any other reason other than i i i can't uh give myself that amount of time <laughs> to do it like I, I tend to get obsessive about things and i tend to focus on them um uh, probably more than i should and and video games uh when i was younger and, and had less to do uh I, I would pay a lot more attention to it but i, I it really is just kind of an alcohol uh, an alcoholic keeping himself away from a bar you know to say that i don't play <laughs> video games but all that was kind of changed with hearthstone uh because it's mobile you know th that's the time the time i have to play video games are is not sitting down it is kind of on the go uh and and hearthstone was that on on the iPad is now better uh, on on an iPhone, especially my gigantic roof shingle uh, six plus. Uh, so it, it just it, it it fit the time that I had to give to it, and and for that I am very excited, up to and including the fact that it might be the only uh, thing that makes airline Wi-Fi uh, useful. <laughs> um, airline Wi-Fi is terrible for everything, including email and and trying to load web pages. It is always a substandard experience, except for Hearthstone, because it really doesn't require that much bandwidth. So, but you you are talking about mobile. Were you playing other games before on your phone, or was yeah, Hearthstone? Yeah, a little. I mean, like you know, whatever the kind of. Uh, hot game of the of the day was I would you know give it a try but nothing has kind of captured me like like Hearthstone has. Um, so I just want to mention before we keep going, Hearthstone and Hearthstone are two valid pronunciations of that game. I have been hackled, no, uh, heckled no, a lot. Yeah, they are. Uh, and 
They, well, they really are. They really are. Ben Broad says Hearthstone in a video that I could link you to. And the pronunciation is actually Hearthstone. And you can say Hearthstone, uh, but it's basically they're both right. I'm giving up on that thing. It's like GIF and GIF. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, is that, but like, a hearth is a thing. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, it's not a hearth and a, and a hearth. Like, it is. I mean, unless it's pronounced hearth other places, is it? I think it might be a little bit between the two. That's why you have the E and the A. Uh, I think it's hurt, uh, <clears throat> between the two. Uh, so both hear what they want to hear. Um, well, the innkeeper says it. I was about right? to say, like, I, I, my, my argument Pull up is, a chair by the hearth. Exactly. Like, it doesn't say pull up a chair by the hearth. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where that, my argument ends. I believe all that, other arguments are invalid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, going back to the to the video games on mobile, you were playing games before. What made Hearthstone for you? Uh, you know turn into that giant because i was hearing you on the the morning stream earlier and you know the the game like a pro you are hardcore into the game so it's not like a <laughs> a, a, a a person a casual gamer dabbling into it you know everything there is to know about it what what happened uh it's really fun <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a really fun rewarding game that uh you know it it uh, Blizzard's so smart. You know, they're, they're just like, uh, this is the first Blizzard game I've ever played. And it is so apparent how many rounded edges there are. From the second you download Hearthstone uh, to the fact that, like, like, you can play three games without signing up for an account. You know, uh, just the cinematics, how they walk you through the game. And really, the, the community around it is just so enriching and so fun that, uh, you know, it just kind of rewards these other little nooks and crannies of, of the game. There's always something new for me to focus on, you know, as I get into it. And so then I want cards. I have cards, so I want to build decks. I have decks. Now I want to build the most synergistic deck. And then I want to be able to, uh, I want to be able to uh, go ahead and, and, and uh, get the most out of it. I want to, uh, now I need and to get higher in ranks and yeah. Yeah. Now I need to understand the meta. Now I need to understand, okay, well, if I'm getting murdered by aggro paladin, then I need to, uh, you know, tech in something that, uh, slows down the game for my tempo mage. Like there's just, it, it, everything kind of seamlessly builds from one, uh, spot to the, to the next, to where you're yelling on a podcast about, tempo major aggro power <laughs> you know it's it's funny when you you're saying there are so many rounded edges um that's definitely and at this point i'm gonna be ethical and disclose the fact that um i'm i was an employee of blizzard for five years so and i was at the time that uh the the game was being de uh, developed and released and um i I don't know how long I'm going to have to make that disclaimer. We were discussing it on the DLC podcast with Jeff Canada and Christian Spicer yesterday. Yeah. And uh, they said I was good now. It was it had been long enough, but I'm going to still do it for a little bit. Anyway, I was well, working it, it, there. It, it's good. It, it's good because, you know, sort of famously, uh, Hearthstone was the kind of little game that could inside of Blizzard, right? Like it, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of always been the little game that could. 
Exactly. It was a tiny team when you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, indie games for big developers. If there's any indie game at Blizzard, it's probably Hearthstone. Um, and the, the philosophy of Blizzard is definitely to polish the game until it, it shines like nothing else, right? And, uh, and that game had been in development for a while and we would play it internally for hours and hours on end and for, you know, weeks and months. And then it was released and And, you know, everyone, when it first came out, there were so many people saying, that game is done, just release it now, when it came out as a, as a beta. And, and uh, you know, it was the access was very restricted. People were so frustrated because they thought that the game was done. And formally, it was kind of done. But there were so many details that take the game from good to great that were improved during that time. Um, I guess you got into the beta pretty fast, Garrett. Uh, what was your experience getting into that game as a more hardcore gamer? I think I got into the <coughs> in the second week. Um, so okay. That's <laughs> pretty much as long as you, you could and not be a Blizzard employee. Um, I don't know. It just, it just hooked me almost immediately because I've... Uh, <laughs> Not for a long time, but for longer than I have played Hearthstone, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed card games. I've started playing Magic uh, a few years back, and uh, just really had a good time with it. And when Hearthstone was originally announced um, at PAX, so, sorry, Justin, can you turn off your your mic? There's a little bit sure. of a background yeah. noise. Yeah, thanks. Right. When uh, when it was a uh, when Hearthstone was announced at PAX, I actually wasn't excited about it. I uh, I saw the announcement and uh, I was very uh, confused as to why they were making a, a big deal of what looked like the smallest scale game Blizzard has ever conceived. Because <laughs> um, I, I came from the Blizzard camp of, of, I like Blizzard because everything is ridiculous and over the top and epic, and these games are going to steal away uh, months of my life at a time. Um, so I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting because it was confusing to see them announcing anything at PAX. Um, yeah. But I remember that, coming that was. That was a big concern, uh, you know, well, not a big concern, but obviously when we, we were discussing how to announce it, the fact that it was not a huge epic game that overtakes your life, although in the end it kind of can, um, was very nerve-wracking for the company and we didn't know how people were going to, to you know, we were confident that the game was cool, but uh, the, the player base was, was going to be surprised. So anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, so but then I got to play it, and it just hooked me immediately. It was everything I liked about Magic, but way more accessible. It was Blizzard, Blizzard's you know, glitz and glamour and polish on top of it. Um, I don't know if anyone here has tried Magic Online, but it's pretty rough. Uh, this is yeah. the opposite of it. Um, it yeah, like, like Justin said, it, it was just fun. Like I was just like, wow, I, I was so wrong. This game is amazing, and uh, I got real hooked real fast, and now I do a podcast about it. Now it's a large uh, tentpole in my life. You know, it's uh, the, the fun aspect is really important, and there were there are a lot of people who would advocate, who often advocate for less uh, randomness in the game, for example. And I think this is a little bit short sighted because a, a lot of your most memorable—that's what the developers say uh, all the time. A lot of the most memorable, oh my god, moments are the ones that you couldn't predict or that something completely unexpected happened, and uh, you can. Of course, there is always going to be, if you introduce that much randomness out of the game, it does create less of a predictable, you know, 
uh, uh, strategy, but at the same time, that that's a lot of that's where a lot of the the fun element comes from. And you guys are both mentioning that as a key element. So, well, well, even- th- this this drives me up the wall with the Hearthstone <laughs> Reddit, and all of a sudden, everybody, you know, is just uh, you know John Nash, you know, the writing out their complex formulas that mathematically pin down every element of every deck and, and decrying that the you know that, that an unpredictable RNG element just ruins everything. And it's like not like really what you're bitching about is that it is too complex of a math problem for you to solve. Like and and that to me is not a valid argument. You know, at some point, sure, you don't want it to just be the web spinners tavern brawl. Which was a waste of time, and we can all agree. <laughs> oh, um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. That was one of my. But, uh, it was. I mean, that. But that was an example of just like, all right, well, we're let's just uh, flip a coin until somebody gets king crushed. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 that that wasn't very fun, but you know they've they've done I think an exceptional job of of demonstrating why a digital card game matters and. Stuff like what we are seeing now with Joust and and, and Inspire and stuff like that uh, are just great elements that are made so much better because this is digital and not paper. And and, and it is using it uh, to its advantage. So let's we're going to get into the grand tournament and the specifics of it. Um, But before we do that, would you guys recommend Hearthstone to anyone to any gamer or just to serious gamers i would say unless you hate fun <laughs> stay away from hearthstone <laughs> unless yeah. you hate fun unless you're sorry unless you hate fun definitely try hearthstone okay yeah i would say just it's it's for the whole family come on in water's fine <laughs> <laughs> and so hearthstone is for everyone excellent yeah uh i can get behind that uh and I think it's really possible to play and have fun even without spending money. I think you're going to want yes. to spend money because you want to to do the decks if you get really into it. And you're not going to get to rank, you know, 10 or 5 if you don't spend money or unless you're a beast in arena, which is also possible. Uh, there's a way to to make in-game money to to acquire more decks and more gold to buy uh, packs. So you could do it. Um, but I think that you're going to want to, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to have fun. Uh, even if you're at, you know, rank 20 or 22, you, you're probably going to have fun. But, um, anyway, enough of my sales, uh, pitch and, um, let's talk about the grand tournament specifically. Uh, so it just it was just released yesterday. It includes two mechanics that I'm not going to get into the details of, but that let's suffice to say uh, they are mechanics that slow the game down because um, the the meta game was very aggressive in the past few months, and a lot of the games consisted of uh, the opponent rushing your health down as quickly as they could and there was little you could do to counter them there are exceptions but mostly i think that's accurate and the two mechanics joust and inspire um are here to change that uh what what has your experience been with the game so far and keeping in mind it's only been about 24 hours oh man mine has been the worst i have had the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. I uh, I opened uh, I've opened now 65 uh, packs and I've gotten a whopping one legendary. 
Oh, oh which I'm one? so sorry. Um, I've uh, it was uh, Dark Bane, the one of the twin Valkyrie, the one that I think is actually good. Which well, so- yeah, that's that's not so bad. I've gotten three, but all three of them are crappy. Yeah, but you know what? I would have at least taken the uh, the dust uh, from crappy legendaries uh, as opposed to none whatsoever. That would have been nice. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you don't, do you disenchant your stuff? Oh God, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I'm so scared that at some point in the future it's going to become good that I never disenchant anything. I would rather be good now than possibly good nine months. <laughs> that is an excellent point, sir. Thank you for educating me. Yeah, I, I tell you, I opened, I, I opened fifty, and I, I, I did get Confessor Paltris. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one Which, I was hoping to find. Yeah, I don't, I don't really play priest, but I think that'd be worth trying to put a. I, I think you should try around. Priest because Priest got some really cool tools in, uh, in, in TGT. So as we've just demonstrated, Hearthstone is for everyone, but not everyone can understand some of the, uh, some of the more complex discussions. But uh, So yeah, your experience has been terrible with opening packs, Garrett, but... Um, it's also been terrible with Arena. <laughs> Excellent! <laughs> so you, you haven't played Constructed? You've stuck to Arena? No, yeah, exactly. I mean, the game did it just launched yesterday, and uh, I, I have a job. I'll tell you what, it is a wacky meta right now. Oh, it's, like it's it upset. is just bonkers. Yeah, I got I got up this morning, made my my totem shaman deck, and finally logged some constructed games, and those are going well. Those are going good. <laughs> um, but yeah, the meta is insane. I don't know what I'm going up against. Oddly enough, uh, saw the first couple games I played today. I saw Agra Paladin, and I, uh, I, I'm sorry, but I judge those people. They have no soul. Uh, and I agree. They don't have fun with the game. Um, I agree. <laughs> it's just, just try something fun. Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty good time for people to get into Hearthstone at this point. It's uh, oh yeah. It everything's changing, and there aren't any set strategies. Everyone's trying to figure out everything. Uh, I yeah, I think it's a pretty good time to, to get into it. Oh, bless you, Justin. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I was trying to go for the mute button. I missed it. <laughs> too late. Too slow. Too yep. slow. Um, I so that I think Carson's really kind of always a good time to jump in because, I mean, you, you can make arguments that coming in at the beginning of a new set is a good time because everything's in flux and you're going to learn with everyone else. But you could also argue that if you're just now coming in, you're, you don't, how, where do you start with cards? Um, but so I always... I think Hearthstone's a good game to where you can make your own goals and play your own way and have a good time with it. And I think that can start at really any point. Yeah, and, and, and Blizzard cares about the casual, you know? Uh, th- this is not just a game for lunatics like Garrett and, and me and Patrick. Yeah, if anything, I feel like they've like, been ignoring us for the last few months. <laughs> uh, yes, no, and, and uh, you have about 45 minutes of your hour-long podcast dedicated to it. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you left that review. Yeah, was that it? Did you guys get a review? <laughs> many, many, sir. Uh, no, so, no, no. I, but I think it it, it 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 is very, very interesting um, that, and and I think telling to the success of Blizzard that they uh, are understanding that if somebody is to go wanting, it is the hardcore player right now. You know, and 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 to continue to make this as friendly of a game as possible because. Ultimately, like the you know, financially, they're looking at this like something that can be Clash of Clans, big, you know, or bigger. So uh, yeah. you, you need to make it as friendly as possible. 
Yeah, and I, and I'm 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 kind of just playing off of in jokes from the from from the Anger Chicken, but I mean yeah. I think now's a great time to be a hardcore player because we just got 132 new cards. So yes, absolutely. Go nuts, you you crazy people who want to <laughs> spend a bunch of money and be the first people to figure out the new hot deck. So are you one of those people, Justin? Did you sp- how much? Do you just pre-ordered and got 50 I, packs, I, I right? did I did my 50 pack pre-order I was actually at a at a conference all day yesterday so I haven't really gotten aside from very rudely playing during somebody's presentation I um I have not uh, played much but I did teched in uh you know uh, uh, a couple uh, different uh, the effigy secret because I've been running this tempo mage and so I literally just teched in uh you know random new mage deck, secrets yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I just put in random new mage secrets just to, you know, uh, <laughs> screw with people so they didn't <laughs> so they wouldn't think that it was definitely just counterspell or mirror entity. Oh man, I, I am you... firmly firmly convinced that effigy is a is a damn good card. <laughs> no, effigy's been effigy's been pretty sweet. Yeah, I got I got one um, on. Uh, I was streaming my pack openings. I I got. Two or three legendaries, yeah, three, um, and none of them are good. But you know, whatever. I'm happy I got a bunch of epics as well. How many legendaries, Justin? I just got the one. I, I got I got a Paltris. Uh, that was oh, my right, only right, right. Okay. my only legendary. Okay, that's okay. not that's still yeah, that's not bad. Um, no, it's a usable legendary. It's something that I'll mm-hmm. probably put it, uh, to get together a deck around. So I was I was uh, I, I was I was happy. I'll probably wind up buying more and, and opening. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, possibly. Uh, I've I put together a completely crappy uh, beast druid deck that I just basically I typed in you know beast and put all of those cards in my deck and went into the uh, ranked game and uh, and played a little bit. Uh, it's been holding on okay, I think, only because everyone else is is doing similarly silly things. But well, it's, you, I, I, it's so deep onto uh, your love of savage savage combatant back from the nerd of the episode of Anger Chicken. You're, you're, you know, it's okay. You can admit that you were wrong and the East group is bad, Patrick. It's okay. It's been doing well, all right? It's been doing not worse than my other decks, so which is not saying this, much. I'm saying all this uh, with the full knowledge that next week a Beast Easter deck might emerge and I'll be completely wrong. But I well, just... Honestly, be the new, the new, the new Grim Patron deck, exactly. you know? Yeah. Yeah, but be, you know... Everyone will be crying for the nerfing of Beast <laughs> yeah, Druid. Yeah, please nerf Beast Druid. <laughs> but I, I really love that time as well when you try to do strange things and, and you yet don't know yet, you don't yet know that, that they don't work. So you're all hopeful and try to, to, to get new uh, interactions and synergies into place. And it, it's a really fun time uh, for the game. So I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. Um, but talking about... Uh, the potential catering to casuals a little bit more. Um, have you guys seen those um, those data mined uh, strings in the new version of the game that seem to indicate that we might get a two player co op baby? Yeah, so that's super interesting as well. Would you guys be interested in that? No, would, if it was <laughs> just kidding. I love it. I want to play it. It's right now with Garrett, and I want to play with you, and I want to play with anybody listening. I'd be really <laughs> excited for that. Garrett? I would be very interested if I could play two people against two other people. Uh, if it's just against an AI-controlled boss, uh, I think I'm going to get really bored with it super fast. 
So this is interesting because for me, it is uh, playing against someone else is always a little bit intimidating. But playing against it, basically, it's the difference between PvP and PvE, right? You you get in PvP, you someone has to lose in order for the thing to work. Uh, one has to lose, one has to win. When you play against the computer, the computer can lose, and you can get into that mechanic of uh, every other you know never ending game like MMO and other. MMOs and other online games where maybe you can do this thing with other people on a regular basis and you have like this uh, epic weekly version of it that will reward you with a little bit more uh, of, you know, a little bit more uh, currency and you can uh, get into this thing where you have those crazy combinations with your cards affecting the other person's card and the, the, the balance doesn't really matter anymore because no one on the other end of this is losing so you can completely break the game and rethink the entire mechanics of of the 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 decks uh, to make these things super fun and again there's less frustration because you're not losing against a, an, an opponent and you don't have to lose 50 percent of the time have i convinced you garrett no you are not worried. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not your thing. I understand. No, I mean, well, it's, be... it, it, what, you're, you're, what you're explaining sounds fun, but it also sounds grindy. So if we're doing the same fight week after week just to get gold or a couple card packs or something. All right. That's cool. But now it feels like something I have to do for me. I, 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 would, I would see that as a stepping stone to two on two. Like mm. play. You know, yeah, uh, it could be. It could be. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is maybe it's like a brawl. So maybe it's not something we're going to see as often. Maybe they'll just be a two-person brawl. Although I think that's kind of the brilliance of brawl for them, right? Is that yeah. they can sort of soft test a lot of this stuff, or yeah. you know, do a teaser like they did with the constructed deck for the grand tournament. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I we, I thought that was a really smart use of it. Um, and, yeah, and I, that, that's part of because my biggest complaint with brawl is that it, it gets super old super fast but it's reset every week so who really cares you get a new brawl yeah. uh, brawl is really the super casual mode because you do it once you get your thing and nothing else matters and you can do it just for fun and when the stakes aren't high obviously it's not going to be as exciting but it's also not going to be as frustrating so you can just go in and just try stuff and it would it would actually make a lot of sense to have this introduced at least by way of brawl initially and have this crazy thing where the brawl is, yeah, two people against a computer opponent. So maybe that will happen. Um, so let's round up our discussion with discussing how successful that thing is. There's a study that, um, uh, not a study, but an, a company, a firm that uh, analyzes stuff and that got data from uh, gathered from credit cards and a bunch of other factors that, st uh, that claims... Hearthstone is pulling in $20 million a month uh, equal, in equal parts from mobile and uh, PC and uh, $20, $20 million a month. Obviously, it's not a Blizzard source, so it might be inaccurate. They're saying it's about inaccurate to a few percent. So uh, it's roughly that number. Uh, $20 million is especially interesting when you realize that the, the game was initially developed by a team of 15 people, which lets... Uh, I've mentioned this in a couple other shows, but 
if you give them a, a rough average salary of 100k a year uh, that's about you know you say it was developed for let's say three years it's about five uh, million dollars budget let's double it for good measure 10 million dollars budget uh, that is uh, half the cost of the budget of the game is half of what it brings in uh, admittedly revenue not not uh, um, Uh, profit, profit, but yeah, yeah, half of what it brings in every month. That's pretty insane to me. So, if, from somebody who's worked at Blizzard, how big of a success is that? You know, internally, like, like what? What are the? I mean, the uh, prime economic engines for Blizzard are, uh, you know, Warcraft and probably Starcraft after that, or Diablo, right? But like, like how big internally is if if let let's just say twenty million dollars a month? How big is that to Blizzard? Well, obviously, I'm not going to say anything about that because, uh, first of all, I don't have a lot of information, uh, but I couldn't reveal any information well, that just I would in, have. In, in general, like, I mean, like, like, is it is it good? Is that good? You know, well, is, I don't is think that... it's. I don't think it's bad by any standard. Uh, you know, twenty million dollars a month is is significant for any company. Obviously, uh, you know there is. Uh, I think the the juggernaut at Blizzard is still World of Warcraft. I would be surprised if it didn't if it wasn't. Uh, but I'm sure that twenty million dollars a month is is a significant amount of money because when you think about the other games, uh, Diablo, you buy it once and you're done. So I don't think there is twenty. I, I honestly on that point I don't know but I really don't think that there's 20 million dollars worth of Diablo being sold every month right I don't think there's 20 million dollars worth of uh, Starcraft either I, I I'm guessing uh, we could look at the financials but I'm sure World of Warcraft brings in a lot more Heroes of the Storm I don't know how much it makes a month I don't think they're releasing that uh, information uh, but yeah 20 million Uh, I I will tell you this. I don't so, think according, anyone... according to revenues released by Blizzard in 2013, World of Warcraft made a billion dollars. Well, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> That was 2013, though. It was a, a little like bit year, different. Like we're looking at a full year. I mean, right now, if they've got what five million and some change subscribers paying 15 bucks a month, then that's not. Uh, compensating for uh, Asian countries where they don't have uh, the same subscription model necessarily every region. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, just just for a, a ballpark figure, that's $75 million a month. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, it's um, probably it's less than that. But. It, a little bit, a little bit more. But um, but yeah. So that's still a lot more. But I mean, this is not insignificant for anyone uh there is uh, uh, something that will uh you know we can compare it to other things uh the game monster strike for example which is developed by mixi a japanese game developer is bringing in at the moment so we don't know how sustainable that is but at the moment it's bringing in four million dollars a day And that's mostly in Japan. It's a super giant success. It's kind of a uh, Pokemon type thing, but still, four million dollars a day. Uh, by comparison, King, developer of uh, Candy Crush Saga, brought in six uh, hundred million in 2014. That's one point five million a day. And Supercell brought in one point seven million. Was it a day? Uh, and they developed, you know. Uh, Uh, Clash of Clans, Heyday, Boom Beach. I think it was more, I think it's 1.7 billion in uh, 2014. So there are companies that are making more, but uh, certainly I don't think that 
Blizzard was expecting Hearthstone to be making that much money. I don't think anyone, I'm coming back to what you were saying, Garrett, initially, um, however much Blizzard was confident that the game was good, and we certainly were, I don't think anyone could have realized that so many people would have been uh, excited about it. Um, or that so, this would be like a dominant esports thing, right? Like it's 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 become kind of uh, almost immediately like when you think about where it is in stature to some of the other esports stuff. And I only kind of casually uh, watched uh, that that scene, and really only through Hearthstone's lenses, like it's kind of microwaved its success, right? It just kind of immediately took this place as a big, uh, you know, a, a, a big game to play and watch. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's very easy to understand, which I think is a giant, uh, uh, you know, advantage that Hearthstone has. Uh, but I I'm, would say it's probably the third uh, biggest esports game now. And it's a, what, two-year-old game? Um, it's, I, I would say, you know, League of Legends, Dota are the first two. They're consistently on top on Twitch. But Hearthstone is usually third and very often, you know, gets a little bit higher up there. And, uh, but going back to the launch of the game, a lot of people were saying it's obviously an esports game, but uh, it wasn't obvious for, for the company. You know, the developer oh, again oh, said, uh, We don't, it's easy for you guys to say because now we're seeing all of this, but we had to wait and see. It was a small team, and the, the developers were saying, We had to wait and see and make sure that we would put the resources in something that was actually happening and not something we thought was going to happen. Garrett? Yeah, I was I was going to say one of our earliest uh, earliest requests early on when Hearthstone first came out was we we need a spectator mode. What's going on? We're trying to do these tournaments, and and it's a totally it's a bend over backwards to show this game to stream it, and uh, it it took a while to get there. And I I, I think that's a, a good thing. I mean, as annoyed as I was that we didn't have a, an easy way to to stream the game, um, it, it was a it was a good problem to have because it meant that people gave a crap like we were that excited about the game that we wanted to do tournaments about this online card game that you can play on a phone <laughs> well if that whole discussion has not gotten you excited for hearthstone then i don't know what what will uh before we wrap up let's uh Take a couple of seconds uh, to mention that mario maker is coming out in a few days and Mad Max is also coming out in a few days. Uh, I mentioned Metal Gear, but uh, Mad Max is one that I might be even more excited about. Probably mistakenly so, because I'm actually excited about the movie and the yeah. game I'm not sure is going to be that good. But um, <laughs> I mean, you guys understand me, right? Witness me. It, it gets you excited for everything <laughs> that bears the name Mad Max. Dude, that um, movie is so awesome. Oh, I can't wait for it to be out on on Blu-ray, and I'm going to be watching it every day. It's so it's so damn good. I'm I'm going to be doing the the same darn thing, and I'm hopeful for the game because it looks it it it's, looks like it's going to scratch that uh that Shadow of Mordor itch. So if they just don't completely screw it up, I think I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah, it's a it's a Shadow of Mordor Batman type of uh, combat. It also has racing and racing combat, which obviously for Mad Max makes sense. It's an open world game and it's developed by Avalanche, which is the developer Just Cause. So they know how to do these open world things. So yeah, I think it, it could be good. I don't think it's going to be incredible, but because it's Mad Max, it could be uh, fun. And I love Shadow of Mordor. So yeah. Um, 
And finally, The Taken King, Destiny. I still love Destiny. I'm going to be playing it and I want it in my console soon. It's coming out on September 15th. All right. Let's bring this show to an end. Before we uh, part with our listeners, Justin, can you tell us more about yourself and possibly about the Contender game? Oh, sure I can. Uh, Everybody, you can follow me, Justin R. Young, on Twitter. Uh, You can uh, follow the Contender game. Last five days, uh, we are just about to hit 2,000 backers. As soon as we do that, it's going to be 50 cards added to the base deck and i can reveal here that we will be uh setting one final goal for our final five days and that will be to uh, get to three thousand backers if we're able to do that we're going to make a 500 card base deck we are so 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 excited so go ahead and check it out the contender.us slash kickstarter dude what's up with not shipping to europe we do ship to Europe. The only oh, thing do? that we, yeah, the only thing that we don't ship is uh, we, we've been trying to make the decision on international shipping for the uh, rewards that would require two shipments. Um, ah. and, and I think what we settled on is just uh, that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, anybody who wants to order those packages, which again, the base deck available for international shipping right now you can go ahead i did not realize this all right well i'm gonna go uh back it right now yeah no totally (laughs) cool all right uh garrett where can people find you and find out more about your awesome awesome uh podcast about hearthstone which is reaching the old age of 100 episodes next week yeah, yeah. Everyone should go head on over to amove.tv. That's A-M-O-V-E dot TV, where you can find all of the shows that I do. Anger Chicken's hitting 100 next week. Uh, check out the Patreons for those shows. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Garrett Art. Um, other than that, yeah, I just hope I get better luck opening packs from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> we will pray for you, Garrett. All right. Uh, I am not Patrick on Facebook. I'm also not Patrick on Twitter. You can find my shows at frenchspin.com. Uh, the uh, Pixels is obviously one of them. The Phileas Club, where I get together with different people from different countries in the world, is another. Uh, it's super fun. And we discuss the news from the past month and we confront ideas ideas and and views and cultures and that's uh, a a lot of fun actually Uh, and you can also comment on uh, that uh, blog frenchspin.com if you think we've said some pretty stupid things which which we often do if you enjoy French and do speak French you can find my French shows at frenchspin.fr that's gonna be it for us we will be back in a couple of weeks thanks so much for listening and talk to you then bye bye Job's done. (laughs) Yes!
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.